In today's episode, we are going to go ahead and take a question from a mom in one of my former group coaching programs. Kaylin had questions about how do you handle meal planning specifically for family meals at dinner time when your child has a short love it like it learning list. This mom wanted to know how does she create variety when the list is really rather limited, especially as it pertains to kind of what we'd call dinner foods. So I'm going to share this playback from a former group coaching call, and then I'll unpack it a little bit more after. Hey mama, I'm Ashley, and welcome to the Veggies and Virtue podcast. In this podcast, you will find simple menu ideas, kitchen organizational systems spelled out for mom life, and feeding tips and tricks that are both evidence-based and grace-laced. I believe that you can find flexibility when it comes to feeding your family so that you can feel calm, capable, and connected in the kitchen. As a registered dietitian and Christian mom of three myself, I want you to break free from the mealtime battles and to feel equipped while feeding your kids all day long. Pull up a stool at my kitchen counter and let me pour you a cup of coffee and say a quick prayer for you. It's time to chat about the mealtimes, messes, moments, and ministry of motherhood. So Kaylin asked, I feel like my son's love it, like it list is short. When I plan a meal and try to include a love it or like it food, oftentimes he doesn't even eat those foods. Also, his love it foods are very specific, only red apples, one brain of rolls. Does trying a new brain of rolls count as including a love it food or should I stick to the kind he will eat? Also, does milk count as a love it food? Most dinners, he will only drink milk. Okay, so lots of great components. I love the details that you guys are asking your questions with because it guides the answers very specifically. So a few things, I'm gonna just go sentence by sentence. So the love it like it list is short, that is very common. That said, it's also very important for all of us to recognize, even when we plan a meal and try and include the love it foods, our kids still may not eat them. And this is huge to recognize because I think as parents, we give up on even offering the learning it foods because we assume they won't even eat them. But we need to remember, even when we offer our kid love it foods, they still might not eat them. And so again, it's up to them if, whether, and how much they eat of a given food. Some days they may eat three helpings of something and the next day they may, you know, stiff arm it completely. And so it's important for us to realize this is just part of the feeding temperament of a child. And truth be told, even as adults, some days we want things, some days we don't. And so to realize in offering any food, it doesn't guarantee that they're going to eat it. And it also doesn't guarantee that they're not going to eat it if say it's a learning it food. But when... I know it can be frustrating because as a parent, you kind of assume like that's your shoe in, but I would also encourage you now, you know, again, we'll talk about this later in the second half of the academy, but as for now to encourage you to think about it kind of this way, if you have done your part to decide what is offered being the love it, like it, learning it options, you've decided when food is offered and you've decided where food is offered, you have done your job. You have done your job. It is not dependent on if, whether, and how much your child eats, whether or not you have done your job. You do your job going into the meal. It's at the meal that your child gets to decide. And so if you're feeling like, okay, well, I did, I planned a meal and I tried to include a love it or a like it food and then you didn't eat them. Now what's my job? Your job is done. You've done a good job. Now remain consistent, remain as calm and confident and collected as you can, which I know is hard. That's why this is intended to help provide some accountability and support, but you've done your job. And so again, going into what from week one's anxieties and insecurities and these feelings that we have about like, is my job enough? Did I approach this the right way? But the division of responsibility, we know once you've done your job, you give the handoff to them. If they choose not to eat it, especially even if it's a love it food, then they did their job. That's what they chose that night. That's how they did their job. 
your job then comes in with the reinforcement as like we talked about with the last question, you remain consistent then. Your job is not to go find them something else at another time or offering it at another, you know, at the kitchen counter 20 minutes later, as Kim was asking, your job is to just remain consistent and reiterate when the next eating opportunity will be. So moving along with her questions, as she says, also his love at foods are very specific, only red apples, only one brain of rolls. Does trying a new brain of rolls count as including a love at food or should you stick to the kind of foods you will eat? So I would break this down into two things. One, kids can be very specific depending on the um, degree of pickiness that your child exhibit. They may have very high specificity about the foods that they eat. And so I would consider any variation you're making of that. I would, I would make it a learning it food. Again, you can go into the meal thinking you have good odds that that learning it food might be well received. However, you don't know because your child's never had that one. I had a client yesterday whose child's obsessed with this very specific brand of very soft granola bars. And if you mess with it, they're not going to eat it. So if that mom were to food chain or bridge or create a variation of that preferred love it food, it would absolutely be a learning food. There's no way he would eat it. And so I would treat any new food, even if it's a bridge of something that you know they're already familiar with, I would treat it as a learning it food. Some of you might kind of be thinking like, well, great, then what do I do? I'm going to have no love at foods at the meal because I'm trying to create variety. I would say when you know you have another love at food at the meal, that's a good opportunity to kind of like add that adjunct. Could be a love at food, but technically is a learning at food since it's new to them. So an example of this, I'll use milk here. Say your child has recently learned to like salmon. I'm actually going to go with week two's example. I think it's like salmon, roasted potatoes, and roasted broccoli. That's the menu on week two as a teaser. So say your child recently learned to like salmon, is learning to like potatoes, and is learning to like broccoli, but they love these rolls. If you know your child already loves salmon, that would be a great time to try and bring in a different kind of roll to that dinner if you want to offer bread at that dinner. If all three of the salmon, the potatoes, and the broccoli are learning at foods, I would go with the safe roll. I would go with the roll that you know they like. But if you know that there's another love at food at the meal, that's a perfect opportunity to kind of take the leap of faith to stretch your child a little bit to see like, okay, how did this go over? Because then you get to expose them to it while you still have the security of another love at food at the meal. I do consider milk a love at food. It is a nutritive substance. It has tons of protein, depending on what kind of you get. It can offer a lot of nutritional benefits. We will talk about in week two how milk can be abused. I don't want your kids grazing on milk and just kind of like taking the edge off throughout the day because they just drink it endlessly. But when you, when you, can, when you consolidate when milk is offered to a meal or snack, I would treat it just as a food. So I would definitely say that milk is a fine, love it food to have at meals. If it's any comfort to know that even the dietitian who's talking to you now had this, my oldest was very picky as a young child and often her only love at food that family dinners were milk and fruit or bread at the beginning. And that's why I shared that example in the Facebook group the other day, because I think it can help. I hope that by hearing some of my own experiences, it can help you realize that this is not this easy, quick, perfect process for many of us. If you're born with an adventurous eater, as some of us maybe have with other children that we have, we know that for some kids, you put no effort in and you get an amazing result. We know for other kids, we can put a tremendous amount of effort in and get seemingly no result. But to Kaylin's point, yes, milk can be a love it food at the beginning. It may be the only love it food at a family dinner, but hopefully you'll start to see other ones come in. Any other uh, like clarifying questions on that? 
I didn't hear Kaylin chime in, so I'm assuming. No, thank you. That was really helpful. Okay, great. Glad that answered the question. Now, while this question came up in an older program that I ran and it's dated, it is still a familiar struggle that I'm hearing from families each and every week, whether it be those that I work with one-on-one or who take my new program, The Mealtimes Made Easy Meal. And that's because so many of us are starting with that very small, love it, like it, learning it list. And even if maybe at, say, breakfast and lunch and particularly at snacks, our kids tend to have some preferred foods, which help us feel like we at least can create some different varieties of meals to offer them while still kind of expanding on their diet, the nutritional variety we know that they want or excuse me, we know that they need and that we want, and we can begin kind of branching out in that way. But as Kaylin asked, it can be extremely challenging when it comes to dinner time. And this is a framework I've been working through a lot one-on-one with families lately. If you want to work with me one-on-one, just scroll down to the show notes and click on the link to schedule your free 30-minute strategy session, or you can always go to veggiesandvirtue.com forward slash work with me and get the link there. It'll give you the info for you to sign up for a free 30-minute strategy session. And we can kind of chat through what that one-on-one working relationship might look like. But there's a framework that I've developed that I continue to use with families that I'll be putting out there as soon as I can. But really, it's to help families see how do we begin combining these family meals. So whether you use something like my free meal plan or you're using an approach like my Love It, Like It, Learning It framework, we need to know how do we still make one meal that has enough items for everyone to eat from without making something that, say, has 15 different sides so that everyone's taste preferences are maybe not accommodated, but at least considered included in what that meal looks like. So hopefully from the conversation with Kayla, you see a little bit more of how we begin to kind of branch out, whether that is on something like a preferred food. In this case, it was red apples or a specific kind of roll. We may be branching out on some of those in what we'd often refer to as food chaining, create some of these links in the chain so that we can help our child branch out and learn to like not just red apples or not just this particular brand and style of roll, but instead so that we can help them learn to like other types of apples and other fruits or other types of breads and other types of rolls. Because the end goal here is not the food in and of itself. Of course, the more variety we have, the more of our nutritional bases we're going to be helping our children cover. But really what we're looking at is that flexibility in the foods that they're willing to eat and that they independently eat and intrinsically are motivated to eat. And so the more that we can use this love it like learning it framework to help us plan meals, if you have my meal planning playbook, you know that in step three, I talk about how do you use the love it like it learning it framework as part of this overall framework that I was mentioning before to help create family meals that has something for everyone. If you don't have my meal planning playbook, you can go to veggiesandvirtue.com forward slash playbook and download it there. It's on sale for just $9.00. They're a really helpful tool for you to begin working through not just the meal planning process, but also how we begin to pair meals for all the people at the meal without having to make a whole bunch of different meals to try and you know, cater to these kids who may have a really specific preferred foods list. 
And so what I want you to really hear and take away from today is thinking through if the food is the only preferred food at the table, probably advise don't mess with it. Let it be because it's the only food that's offering that felt safety for your child, that only known preferred food for your child. However, if you feel particularly ambitious at a certain meal or engaged or because you're hopefully refining your meal planning skills as we share on those Monday episodes each week and you feel like you're showing up at a meal really ready and invested to help your child learn to like some of the foods that are being offered, I want to encourage you to consider branching out and trying to help your child learn to like new foods and maybe relying on some of those other staples like we talked about in this episode, things like milk, things that offer a well-rounded nutrition offer something that will help satisfy hunger at a meal, but aren't necessarily the end-all be-all of the meal. They're just an easy addition that you can make to whatever you have on the menu for your family. So I want you to start to kind of discern that difference between when it's safe and rather advisable to kind of branch out and encourage your child and kind of gently in the way that only you know your child takes to. As parents, you know, we have a good read on our kids on How much can we challenge them? How much can we push them without it being a pressure or without it creating tension? And that might be child by child. It might be day by day. So you need to tune into that. But I hope and my prayer is that this Love It Like a Learning It framework is something that helps you to exercise that muscle and implement that skill of being a responsive feeder and being a parent who utilizes a responsive feeding approach is able to be responsive to your child's needs, to their wants, to their preferences, but also to the things that they are challenged by or struggle with, like those foods that they're still learning to like. So if you have more questions about meal planning or how to adjust a meal plan for different taste preferences in your family, or you want some more specific one-on-one guidance, I want you to scroll down on the show notes Sign up for a free one-on-one session where we can kind of chat through the specifics of this. Make sure to get my meal planning playbook that's going to just walk you through. It's like a 20-page guide that's going to walk you through the specifics of how I advise you meal plan for your family so that you can be as successful as possible, not only with the demands of mom life, but also with the pressures I know you face of figuring out how do I incorporate variety when my child barely wants to eat anything that's on the menu. So it's going to begin to help you walk through that. And additionally, you can always get my free meal plans delivered to your inbox each Friday. Just make sure that you scroll down, click the link to veggiesandforju.com forward slash planner, and that's going to give you my free meal planner and grocery list, as well as the opportunity to sign up to get my free meal plans in your inbox each week so that you can have real tactical and practical meal plans to begin implementing the Love It Like It Learning It framework on and to begin growing, not so that you start and stay stuck at only offering fruit, rolls, or milk at a meal, but so that you will see how this sets a really healthy, positive foundation for responsive feeding in your family. It has been a joy having you on the podcast today. And if you've enjoyed it as well, I have a quick favor to ask. 
do you mind hopping over to Apple Podcasts and leaving me a written review? This will only take you a hot second, but it truly blesses me every time I get to read what one of you write over there, and it allows me to bless others through this podcast and the episodes to come. The other thing that you can do is to take a screenshot of this episode and tag me over on Instagram at Veggies and Virtue. I would love to see what action steps that you're taking from this episode and also to support your family in the journey moving forward. Until next time, thanks for coming over to chat at my kitchen counter. Remember that you will always have a seat and a snack waiting for you here.